0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 9. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: Deuteronomy 3220 says this, And he, God said, I will hide my face from them and I will see what their end will be. For they are a perverse generation, children in whom is what? No faith. That's a powerful, powerful statement. No capacity to have faith. In other words, the option of believing doesn't exist. They're faithless. They have set themselves in a pattern of unbelief and determined that they have not the option of believing. They're groping, trying to investigate a miracle without a capacity to see it or believe it. In verse 17, look in your Bibles, they said to the blind man, what do you say about the man who opened your eyes? Or what is your evaluation used to be, blind beggar? And he goes, "Uh, it's pretty obvious. He's a prophet, one sent from God. I love this guy. He's got character, courage, a little sarcastic little Kurt, you know, man after my own heart. You know what I mean? He's got character and courage. He's not afraid of these guys. Look at verse 28. Fast forward. They, rev- they reviled him, the Bible says, and they became abusive with this guy. He's not scared of them. He's not intimidated by them. Keep in mind, he's never seen their phylacteries. He's never seen their long flowing robes. He's never seen their holy clothes. Everybody else has seen their holy clothes. You know, they got the long flowing robes and they're swishing around and looking holy and you know, looking like they've been sucking on lemons. And oh, yes. Mm, all love the Jesus. The guy never seen all that. He's not impressed. All of his friends? He's under no peer pressure. All of his friends are beggars. So faith, listen doesn't just get revealed. Faith gets strengthened. Look at verse 18. It tells us the Jews didn't believe that he had been blind. Will you look at verse 18? Please look at verse 18. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever read. The Jews didn't believe that he had been blind. He's probably thinking, you guys are as blind as I was. The beggar's probably saying, oy vey, these idiots. Matter of fact, I have that written in my my margin here. Oy vey, these idiots. I can't take it. He's probably saying, he's probably saying, listen, you're right. You're right. Did y'all read verse 18? They did not believe that he was blind. He's probably like, look, okay, whatever, whatever. You're right. You're right. I've never been blind in my life. Just let me out of here. You guys are crazy. Who makes up this stuff? Who gets up in the morning? Who gets up in the morning and says, you know what? I think today I will tell people that I was blind my whole life, but um, some guy who I never seen um, spit on me and um, now I see. Yeah, 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 that's a great story. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It'll make people really attracted to you. No, it'll make people go, oh, that's gross. <laughs> who does that? Nobody does that. The truth are y'all getting this? The evidence is staring them in the face and they don't believe their brains can't shift out of unbelief gear. They didn't believe that he was blind until they got his parents in verse 18. Imagine that. This man has never seen his parents. This is the first time he's put his mother's voice to his mother's face. He probably saw his mom. He probably said, mom, you pretty. Mom, you pretty. Not that I didn't think you were pretty when I was blind, but now I see, and you are pretty. You're pretty. Not, you, you know how sometimes when you like you put a voice to a face and it's not what you think? I was telling them last service, I just can't, I can't even go by this without thinking about this. When I first came here in March 23rd, it was March 23rd, 1995, um, Elvira and I came to North Carolina from California to just look around and see if God was really leading us to, be, to come here. And before getting here, we had talked on the phone with this guy, and I've told you guys, some of you guys may have heard this. I, I was talking to this guy on the phone, and I won't tell you his name, but we, he, they were looking at him and his wife, and another couple were hoping to get a Calvary Chapel here, because they knew of Calvary Chapel, Bible Teaching Church. And so that's how I got connected with them. And so we agreed that we would meet at the airport. And so... Um, and then he would pick 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 us up at the airport, and, and then show us around. We were going to stay with them for a couple of days, and they were going to show us around, so on and so forth. So you know how when you're at the airport looking for somebody you don't know, and they don't know you, so you're just like looking like you know looking for somebody who's looking like you're looking. You getting you they don't like this here. And you're like, hey. and then hey. and you're looking for the guy who's looking for you, and he looks over at me, and he looks over me, and I look over at him, and he and he looks at me, and he goes he goes. Rodney? And I said, yeah, man, how you doing? Oh, man, I'm so glad to be here. Oh, my God, we went on and on and on. And and, 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 I, and I said to him, I, I gave his name, and he looked at me, and you should have seen the look on his face. I usually equate it to guess who's coming to dinner. All right, he was so shocked. And the re- he was so shocked, he was like looking at me like, because he didn't know, okay. <laughs> Y'all praying for me over there, right? Okay. Cause these people over here look a little violent, all right? <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Okay, so he's looking at me like cause see the guy he didn't know I was black. On the phone, I did I guess I didn't sound black. I don't know how I sound, I guess I didn't I wasn't like, yo man, yo man, what's up, baby? <laughs> Peace out, my brother. We finna, we finna roll down there. I mean, we weren't doing that, and and so I didn't sound black, I guess, and my name is not like Leroy Brown. I mean, it's... <laughs> I, I, you know what I'm saying. So I don't think he, I don't think he, I don't think he. I know he did nothing. So when he saw me, he was like, he was like, oh, you know, you know, like you can go. Oh, like you, there's a, you know, when you say, oh, that can go any other way. You know, you can go, oh. <laughs> like when you see somebody, you know, or you can go, oh. <laughs> he was like, oh. And I'm like, you need some help with that chin, man? It's like, he didn't know I was back because he, he just didn't put the name and the face together. And I get that feeling here that this guy, when he first saw his mom, he had never seen his mom before. And he, and he, and he, he, he knew her voice. And like any good mom, he probably knew her touch. And she would pat his head or something like that. But that's all he knew about his mom. So this is a moment. Are y'all getting this? Where this is, and I get, and I really get the impression in my sanctified imagination that this is a, like a tearful moment even. that uh, I see my mom for the first time and I see my dad for the first time. Maybe he had brothers and sisters. Maybe he had children. Maybe he had a dog. Maybe he had a cat. Maybe he had rabbits. I don't know why anybody would have rabbits. I have a friend of mine that has rabbits. I'm like, why do you have rabbits? That's crazy. But he's just seeing these things for the first time. And it's interesting to note this here before we move on. Listen, it's very interesting to note. When he got saved, notice he saw his parents differently. You know, when you're truly born again, you'll see your parents differently. But before we move on, I want you to notice something. I want you to notice the progress of, of faith here, because this is really interesting. Notice the progression of faith. Look at verse 11. In verse 11, he said, A man called Jesus. You look at verse 11? And then look at verse 17. He said, A prophet. And then fast forward to verse 33, he said, This is a man of God. And then fast forward to verse 38, he says, Curios. Lord, I believe, and he worshiped. You see that progression of faith? A man, a prophet, he's of God. Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. Point number three, we got to move on. Unbelief does biased research. Look at verse 19 through 24. They weren't looking for faith. They were looking for support or for truth. They were looking for support for their biased research. And they're trying to get more evidence, but it's not enough because unbelief always wants more evidence. Verse nineteen, they ask the parents, "Is this your son who is born blind?" The parents would probably know. We're just crying and embracing a stranger. Of course, it's our son. And then they say, ask him two questions: "Is this your son?" And "How did he get his sight?" The parents say, "Yup, this is our boy," and "Yup, he was born blind," but how he was able to see, we don't know. Ask him. He's old enough. Now, listen, theologians call verse 21 the biggest cop-out in the Bible because his mom and dad, look, it's his mother and his father. Of course they know what happened. It's very unlikely that they would not know what happened. But the reason they copped out is in verse 22. Look at verse 22. Because they what, saints? Feared the Jews because the Jewish council had already convened and made a policy. If anyone agrees that Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, they're going to be excommunicated. In Proverbs 29, 25, it's true. The fear of man brings a snare. Whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. The parents had... were were fearful of man. Did y'all get that? The parents feared being excommunicated. Listen at this. Fascinating. The word excommunicated in the Hebrew language, I can't pronounce the Hebrew word, but I can tell you what it is. The word for excommunicated in the Hebrew language is unsynagogued. Unsynagogued. Being unsynagogued meant that you lost your ability to pray to God. You lost your ability to be blessed by God. You lost your family. You'd be treated as if you were dead. You lost your business. You would be avoided by all Jews. There's financial ruin. So if you're on synagogue, that meant social, relational, financial, spiritual, and even practical bankruptcy. The parents were afraid to be on synagogue. And so they said, ask him. He can speak. He's blind, not mute. He can speak for himself. So let's put it together they know it's the right kid. They know he can see. They know Jesus put clay on his eyes. They know he went to the pool. They know he washed. They know all the evidence there is to know. Now watch this. They take all those facts and do their research, and they conclude that Jesus is a sinner. That is unbelievable. What kind of research is that? Biased. Evidence aside, witnesses aside, seeing eyes aside, we know Jesus is a sinner. Here's the mathematics for unbelief. Unbelief plus all the facts equals unbelief to them. Point number four, unbelief rejects the facts. Look at verse 25. Look at verse 25, please. And 24, they said, give God the glory and admit he's a sinner they're saying to the man, join us in our blasphemy and give God the praise or you'll be unsynagogued. And the man responds with the most famous statement of all in verse 25, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I do know, I was blind, but now I was see. Think about this. This man had been healed for about a half hour and he's caught up in, his, in the Pharisees' legalistic junk. They're trying to catch Jesus in something. He doesn't care about all that. He can see his mom. He can see his dad. He can see kids. He can see trees. He can see people. And that's why he says, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know and I don't care. All I know is I was blind and now I see. This man is coming out of darkness physically and spiritually. This man shared his testimony. Testimony. This is his testimony. Did y'all hear me? Follow me on Facebook. You know where I'm going. This man shared his testimony. And can I encourage you to share your testimony? You know, some people are afraid to share their testimony. And many people don't share their testimony because they think that they don't know enough about the Bible. Or they think that they might get into a theological argument that's over their heads. Listen, you might not be an author, an authority on theology, And you might not be, you know, a professor in in divinity and doctored in divinity and all of this, but you are an authority on you. And just witness what God has done in you because people can't argue with fruit. If I tell you that I started doing drugs when I was nine years old, And I went through junior high school and high school and in the military, and I was high on drugs. And then January twenty third, 1982, Jesus came into my life and saved me. That was 30 years ago. And now he's given me the blessing, the privilege of taking this gospel message around the world to preach on many, many continents to many people. This is what God has done in my life. You can't argue with fruit and you can't tell me I'm wrong. Am I right about it? You cannot argue with fruit. You can try to argue with fruit, but you'll look crazy. I know what God has done in my life. And people can see what God has done in my life. So I may not be a theologian, but I am an authority on me. I'm waiting while somebody say amen and clap your hands. Somebody once said, a man with experience is never at the mercy of a man with only an argument. Oh, I love that. A man with experience is never at the mercy of a man with only an argument. Look at verse 26. Then they said, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And verse 27, the man said, I told you for the 17th time and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear him again? Do you also want to become his disciple? which means the beggar is claiming that he is a disciple. He says, I told you guys, and now you want me to tell you again? He opened my eyes, maybe he can open your ears. And in verse 28, they reviled him. This word is rarely used in the New Testament. It means abuse, screaming, pushing, grabbing, interesting. These prestigious, dignified Pharisees are losing their cool and calling names and getting physical. And that's what happens when you're losing an argument, isn't it? They said, you are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know God spoke to Moses, but we don't know where he's from. Listen, they are not Moses' disciples because Jesus said, were well, y'all with us in John 5? We were in John 5, what, uh, two, two months, two, two years ago? Uh, some time ago, John 5, 46. Jesus said, if you believe Moses, you will believe me. For he wrote of me, final point, unbelief number five, is egocentric in verse 29 through 24. Peruse it with me. To protect their ego, they lash out at Jesus and they lash out at the beggar. And they convince themselves in a self-satisfied egotism that the facts don't matter. What matters is we're disciples of Moses. Look at verse 30. This beggar is great. He says, why, this is a marvelous thing that you don't know where he's from. Yet he has opened my eyes. Isn't this amazing? I can hear the healed man saying, your unbelief and ignorance in the face of the evidence is more of a miracle than my cure. He's mocking them. You, are, y'all getting that? Don't you love this guy? He's mocking them. Because they knew Isaiah 35, 5 said, then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. They knew Isaiah 29, 18. They knew Isaiah 42, 7. To open blind eyes to bring out prisoners from the prison. Those who sit in darkness from the prison house. The healed man is saying, you're the big theological seminary trained religious leaders. And you don't have any idea how all this lines up. This man was blind. Listen, look at me. Oftentimes, when, when you have a handicap in a certain area, another area becomes more acute. Are you with me? So this man is blind, and his hearing becomes more acute. And the reason I say his hearing becomes more acute, because this man, this used to be blind beggar, I keep saying blind beggar, he's not blind anymore, used to be blind beggar, sat at the temple every day which was a good place to sit if you were begging for money because people come out of the temple and they're feeling charitable. You can't come from the presence of God and not feel charitable. Amen. Y'all feeling charitable right now? Make your checks payable too? No, I'm just kidding. So he said, I'm so poor, I'm so poor. He's feeling, he, people are giving him money there. So this guy sat, here's my point, this guy sat at that temple every single day and he heard the scriptures being read and he would listen and his heart would skip a beat every time he heard a scripture being read about God opening the eyes of the blind sitting outside the temple every day this man knew the scriptures he could hear it being read y'all y'all are y'all with me he could hear it being read he knew the scriptures in verse 31 now we know he says that God does not hear sinners but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Now, he's making a reference, if you're taking those, write this down, to, to Psalm 34, 15. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. His ears are open to their prayers. Psalm 66, 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, God will not hear me. Proverbs 15, 29. The Lord is far from the wicked but he hears the prayers of the righteous. Micah 3, 2 through 4, God is talking to the leaders and the heads of Israel, the rulers of Israel, and he says, then they will cry to the Lord, but he will not hear them. He will even hide his face from them at this time because they have been evil in their deeds. Listen, the man is simply saying, Those who claim to be righteous and living in rebellion toward God, God doesn't hear their prayer because something needs to be made righted first. And what is that? A relationship with God. You can't live in rebellion to God and expect God to hear your prayer. Now, what he is not saying, he is not saying that God won't hear a person who cries out to him because every single one of us got saved just that way. The Bible says you were a sinner before you got saved, for God demonstrated his love to us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Say amen, sinners. Some of y'all are like, <laughs> We're all sinners. But then as sinners, we cried out to God And God heard us. And God came and filled us. Can more than two people say amen? And he came and filled us at that time. He is saying those who are in rebellion to God, God won't hear them. But in verse 31, look at it. If anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. This guy has got great theology. I love him. Don't you love him? Verse 32, since the world began, we've not heard about someone's eyes being open. And listen, nowhere in the Old Testament is there someone whose eyes have been open. He's saying if Jesus weren't God, don't you get it? He's defending Jesus. He's saying if Jesus weren't God, he couldn't do anything. Verse 34 is egocentric if I've ever seen it. They said, you think you can teach us? You were born in sin, you reprobate. They can't win the argument because they can't argue against fruit. They And then they cast him out, and they unsynagogue him at the same time. They have all the facts, all the witness, all the evidence, all the testimony. Somebody once said, there is none so blind as those who won't see. These guys are so religious, and so look at me, please. These guys are so religious and so self-satisfied, That they are unhealable. You know, people like that? So religious, so self satisfied. You can't tell them anything about God. You can't tell them anything about the Word of God because they think they already know. And it's those people, they're unhealable. Maybe not their sight, but maybe their soul, maybe their spirit. That's what Jesus is dealing with here. So I leave you with this. The story begins, Jesus sees the man. The man doesn't see him. This nobody, this beggar, Jesus sought him because Jesus has a good, wise, Christ-exalting purpose for his life. And listen, Jesus has a good, wise, Christ-exalting purpose for your life.